The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. NAIR is public interest journalism funded through New Zealand On Air. No mai, hara mai, whakatau mai rā, he konei ipurangi tēnei e pāna ki te ao Māori me te ao hurihuri. I'm Mediana Johnson and this is NAIR, a podcast about being Māori in this hectic, ever-changing world we live in. Today we're talking about the whare tangata, whare whakapapa, kōpū and ikuratanga. The uterus is the place from which all of us originate, but colonisation has done its utmost to erase the mana of wahine and our mana as the bearers of life. Today we have an all-wahine Māori panel to discuss ikuratanga, mana wahine and ngā atua wahine. And just a note for our listeners, when we talk about mana wahine, this is inclusive of all of those with whare tangata and or those who identify as wahine. Kia motonu mai. Ahuone, the first tangata, fashioned from the earth by Tane, who breathed life into her through Hongi. And we honour this origin of all people when we greet each other, Haki Roto, Haki Waho, Ihu Kite Ihu. And for those of us with Fari Tangata, every month when we menstruate, the blood, the kura, is a reminder of these sacred origins of all people. The deep red of our menstrual blood is kura waka, the red clay that Hini Ahuone was created from. However, for many of us, including myself, these sacred origins of our ikura are not what we are taught in preparation for our first periods. We are tossed sanitary items, told briefly how to use them, and sent on our merry way. When the missionaries came to Aotearoa in the early 1800s, they brought their patriarchal teachings, which included that periods are a punishment from God for woman's sin, you know, because... We have to be punished for even more because Eve had the audacity to eat an apple. <laughs> and once celebrated and honoured by our tipuna, ikura became something that we were taught to be ashamed of, viewed as dirty. Our periods were to be hidden, managed quietly in private, and never spoken about. And while this shame and stigma does persist, it is slowly changing. The revitalization of Tao Māori in recent years has opened up the kuaha, the door, for mātauranga about ikuratanga and our whāritangatas to be known and embraced anō. Wahine Māori, the likes of Ani Makaire, Dr Linda Tuhiwai Smith, Dr Leonie Pihama and Dr Ngahuia Murphy have brought back this mātauranga about our ikura, how we can honour its arrival, the significance of it as the flow of life, the connection of ira atua to ira tangata, as revered knowledge holder Dr Rangi Māre, Rose Perez says, and which is recorded in Ngahuia Murphy's groundbreaking pukapuka Te Awa Atua. If you haven't read this book, hari ki te whari pukapuka anaene. The pūrāko about our atua wahine are being revived and restored. The kōrero about papatua nuku, hine tītama, hine ahuone, hine nuite pō, mahueka, hine teiwaiwa, hine moana, which were all distorted by the colonisers when they recorded it. These are now being corrected, retold, to heal and empower the next generations. And more and more there are kōrero, wānanga and roimi that speak of what our whāritangata holds and how our tipuna honour and celebrated it and how we can now too. Our strength is within us, held within our wombs, the whāritangata. And I want to mihi to all our queer, aunties, mama, sisters, nieces and kōtero, the backbone of our whānau, marae and communities. 
This episode is dedicated to all of you. So after the break, we'll be talking all things ikuratanga. Kia mau tonu mai. By hoki mai anō e huamā, we are joined, well, I'm joined by Leonie, as you all know, the wonderful Leonie Hayden, and our guest co-host today, Kiani Matata Sipu of Te Waiohua Ki Ahiwaru, Mete Akitai, Waikato Ngāpui, Ngāti Pikiao, and the Cook Islands. She needs no introduction. She's been on the pod before, and we love her so much that we brought her back oh, on. Kia ora. So kia ora korua. <laughs> kia ora. Tēnā koe so, all things ikuratanga. Um, so, let's talk about te, te ikura tuatahi. Oh, where? Oh, what was that experience like? Was Did you mihi to your ikura? No, I did not. <laughs> I did not mihi to that. My mum was actually on her honeymoon with my new dad when I got my first ikura. And so, I was just terrified and I wanted my mama. And I cried for two days and two nights about oh. it. Mostly because I just didn't want to be a grown-up. Aye. Were you a baby? Oh. Don't just say how old, but were I was quite young. young. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely on the young end of the spectrum. And quite a tomboy. Mm. So, and, and But I also was sort of like developing boobs a bit earlier than everyone else. And just being sort of forced to not be this thing that I felt, which was like I felt like I was just like a tomboyish little boy. Yeah. And then this, my body was forcing me to be a lady. You're like, yeah, I, just wasn't, <laughs> I, I just wasn't prepared for it. And because my mum wasn't there, it was just really like, this is blues, man. I hate it. And so I just, I reckon that first experience can shape what comes after f- quite hard because I just hated it ever yeah. since, you know. Not ever since. I mean, I've come to terms with things a lot now that I'm 40. <laughs> you accepted it, but you never yeah. loved Those first it. 10 years is just like utterly resentful every single month, just angry and mm. not just because of the hormones. <laughs> Like being forced to go through this thing. Hate it. Once a month is a lot, eh? Hey? Yeah, it is. It comes around quickly. Aye. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't. Not for everyone, it doesn't come once a month. Yeah, but, true, true. Um, I don't remember how old I was. I don't actually remember my first ikura. Um, This may have been my first. It may not have been. I don't, I don't really remember. I do remember early on in my ikura years, probably was near the beginning, um, that I had a really heavy, really painful period and didn't want to go to kura. And my stepdad, um, I just remember the feeling of me lying in bed, kind of face the other way to the wall and just feeling miserable. And my stepdad, who I didn't have the greatest relationship with at the time, came into my room and just put his hand on my back and just rubbed my back. And it was... I just still now, all these years later, remember the aroha that was filled in that moment. And it was really beautiful. My ikura was an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) But it was a really defining moment in the relationship of me and my my stepdad. And so, um, but I guess, yeah, you guys talking about every month, I've had PCOS, like, for as long as I can remember. And I remember some years having an ikura for three months long. Mm. And then I remember some years not having it at all for a really long time. And the real differences Mm. in what it would be like and not knowing when it was going to come and not knowing when it was going to finish and all of that sort of stuff. And I remember being really young and being really embarrassed by having an ikura and being really giggly in that uh, puberty class that you go to <laughs> at school where they teach you how to put a pad in your undies and I'm like oh cutty like nowadays I'm like oh, I'm never teaching my kid like in that way oh, um, dry but, but, yeah, but I just remember how everyone just giggled yeah. the whole time yeah. and then they had this half a tinana from like the waist down <clears throat> from just like the waist to the thigh oh. um Disembodied, yeah. like, <laughs> to show you, you know, the insides of your tenana, and they like inserted a tampon into this thing, and I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tra- traumatizing, <laughs> traumatizing. Oh. It's funny you say that though, because I pretty much started using tampons straight away. Wow, and I had kore whakama, but I was almost sixteen when I got my ikura for the first wow. time, for no reason, like. 
oh, mum was the same, you know, she didn't get hers till 15. So, um, and yeah, I was like flat chested and everything. It was so, <laughs> I was actually just getting whore hard that it hadn't arrived. Because, you yeah, know, all your mates about were talking that, yeah. about it. Does it become like a point of pride at that point? Because it's certainly not at the beginning yeah. when you're like the first one, but... I, was just, I imagine you're like waiting for this milestone. Everyone's yeah. talking about it all the time. There's so much hype. And so when I finally got it, I was just like, oh, thank God. All right. You know, I'm like everyone else. Because I was like, am I different? Am I weird? But it was 10 or P Wadi because I told my mum and I was all like, whatever. Got my period, mum. <laughs> <laughs> but she, she so cried. Good. She cried. Aww. She gave me a big cuddle and I was all like, oh, whatever. It's no big deal. <laughs> Don't touch me. <laughs> but looking back now, obviously, that's so oh, sweet. It is. Um, but, yeah. And she was like, and also now my daughter's a bitch. <laughs> that had started long before the could arrived. So, so closer to 60. I'm sure it was, like, closer to 10. Yeah, I was 11. Wow. Nearly 12, but 11. But then yeah. I was like, yeah, like, I developed really early. I have huge boobs now. <laughs> like, imagine what they were like back then. It's so weird how these two things seem to be connected. Hey. No, yeah, I was like definitely over 15, nearing wow, 16. Yeah. And yeah, just like a late bloomer in puberty in general, yeah. which now I'm like, oh, that's actually, was actually quite mean. And, yeah. you know. I got, and how about now? Now that we're grown ups, we've got everything under control. Mine's artificially oh, <laughs> controlled. Yeah, yeah Which is a source of great. I just have a lot of back and forth wandering with myself about my IUD, mm-hmm. which I um, love, but also it's the best in terms of like my period is regular, not heavy at all, um, and it's a reliable contraceptive, so you know that always helps. But I remember seeing a, a Māori healer maybe two years ago, and she knew it was in there just when she was giving me midi midi. And, and she was like, oh, is there something in your whare tangata? I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an ID. And she said, you shouldn't have that in there. That's disrupting your tapu. Oh, yeah. And so Woo. I'm just like super conflicted because on the one hand, you know, being on the pill, um, that was awful for my mood and yeah. gave me depression. So it's a mean as a contraceptive, but... Um, yeah, in terms of, of that sacred space, mm, I've got a little visitor that hangs out. Yeah, that's that interesting. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Like, do you come I to terms what, with it? Um, the period underwear has changed everything yeah. for me, and I'm so glad that that product is available for our kohene now because mm. it, 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 ta- it has taken away so much of the uh, my my of the whole thing and I feel so much better about what I'm doing to Papatua Nuku. Mm. Like, you know, it's just, yeah, it's taken away so much of the stress. And it's a very simple concept. I really don't understand. I mean, I do understand why that it's only been developed relatively recently because it ha- doesn't happen to men. Um, but I am very pleased that those products exist because Especially like I think toxic they're amazing. Shop, shop. Exactly. Toxic shock and all those things. And I don't things. know if it's an age thing. It might be. But the older I get, the the worse those kinds of products get. Mm. Um, so, yeah, this is just such an elegant solution. But also for right at the beginning when you're just like, I don't know how to manage this. I don't know when it's coming. Ah, yeah. I'm in PE. Ah, yeah. You know? <laughs> but they're just so easy. Yeah. Period undies are so, so easy. easy. Yeah, it's a wonderful them on, You love your life. Rinse them out, you're done. Is you're like, done, yeah. And you don't have all the putter, you don't have all the rubbish afterwards. Yeah. I recently went away on holiday and, <laughs> you know, just before I packed my bag, I was like, oh, am I going to need those period undies? Because I'm not great at tracking my period because I've just had the, you know, most random period over the, my life. Yeah. Um, it has been quite regular recently, so Kate Pie, I'm loving that. But I was like, oh, should I take them? Oh no! <laughs> yeah, get get to where I'm supposed to be, and oh, Kelda, yeah. get <laughs> your time <laughs> And <clears throat> so I had to go to the supermarket, bought some pads, um, and it was real. It, I kind of know how long I've had period undies, but it was so different. Like mm. I had to re-teach myself how to use these products, but it was great because it sparked conversation with my four-year-old. And so she came into the photo because she's seen Toto before, she's seen Ikura before, but she was 
kind of, you know, having a conversation with me in the middle of the bathroom. You know, mama, hea te ra, he toto, hea te toto, you know, kei te mamai, yeah. <laughs> are you all right? Do you want a plaster? <laughs> like, kei te pai ha, she's like, are those nappies? <laughs> like, Carl? So, you know, having this conversation. And then that whole holiday was revolved around kōrero mm. to do with ikura um, because my kōrero had pātai every day about ikura. We then went on a bushwalk and she's pointing out, you know, all these different rako in the middle of the bush. I'm talking to her about what they are. We find angiangi. I say to her, oh, you know, angiangi, they used to use angiangi for ikura back in the day. <laughs> oh, nehera. <laughs> and she how, mama? And so we we talked a bit about angiangi. She said, mama, when I when I have a kōtiro, when I have a daughter, I'm going to tell her all about ikura and I'm going to tell her all about angiangi. Oh, and oh. I had this like... <laughs> Proud mama moment in the middle of the ngahere. <laughs> it's very bloody freezing. Um, <laughs> thinking about how amazingly different my daughter's conversations are, her experiences are, around ikura to mine, mm-hmm. and how when she gets to, you know, do they still do puberty talks at school when she gets to that point? Um, she'll probably be standing there educating the, the tutor and saying, no, that's Carl, Kari, Karihetika, Nokura Wakate But she, at four years old, has this tino hohonu um, tuhono ki te ikura, ki papatuanuku. She knows about kurawaka. And just the the beauty and the privilege she has, mm. bloody hell, at four. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but that's a credit to you. Yeah, Because that's how you are raising her. Yeah. So me a koe, kare. Thanks. <laughs> I'll take full credit for that. <laughs> Kia ora. Oh, tēnā kōrua, ngā mahi moto, how to kupa mari mo frankness. Straight up tanga. Straight up tanga. Love it. Um, it's awesome. I mean, you know, just what you've talked about, Kiani, is why we're having these kōrero, why we are having these wānanga. We want, um, you know, our babies, our nieces, you know, ngā wahine katoa o te reanga i te puaki to have a different relationship with their wharitangata, right. to know the pūrāko. Um, so kia ora, awesome to share this wānanga with you both. Kia ora. Kia ora. So coming up after the break, we're joined by our first manuhiri. You don't want to miss it. So hoki mai anō. Nō kute honore to introduce our first manuhiri today. Ngāhuia Murphy of Ngāti Manua, Ngāti Ruapani ki Waikari Moana, Tūhoi, Ngāti Kahanunu and Te Aroa is a kaupapa Māori researcher and author who has led the way in revitalising mātauranga of our ikura, ceremonies and karakia connected to that and most importantly our divine connection as wahine Māori to ngā atua wahine. Mihi atu ki a koe e mārekura, no mai haramai ki ne. Tēnā koe, tēnā koutou, mihi ana ki a koutou. Uh, o te rā ki a koutou e hautaringa mai nei ki e nei pito pito kōrero, tēnā tātou. Oh, uh, <laughs> so your rangahau has really brought into the, the, into the mainstream the kōrero around how our tipuna used to to kaitiaki, to, to tiaki for our ikura and the ways that they honoured it and the ways they viewed it. Um, yeah. Could you talk a bit about... Um, how iaikinga uh, Māori, what are the origins of the ikura? Where did it begin? There, there are three pūrāko that I came across in my rangahau. I did this rangahau back in like 2011, so it's, it's, it was 10 years ago now. <laughs> um, I've gone on to do a PhD since then. Completed that in 2019. So that's online, you know, for, um, and that goes into how we, Tangata Whenua and Aotearoa, but also other Indigenous women around the world are recovering our rituals around ikura and the whare tangata and recovering that sacred ancestral ground, which is our own bodies, eh? Yeah. Mm. So there are three pūrāko that I came across about the origins of the blood that tell us everything really we need to know 
about the mana and tapu of the blood, and we can spend the rest of our lives in wānanga about what those the, the teachings of each of those pūrāko and you know and how they can instruct us, and 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 that's mahi for every generation. Eh? Every generation, I think we've got a, every generation has to return to our own sacred pūrāko to wānanga um, them and shake out the teachings to empower and heal and decolonize themselves and ourselves, eh? So the oldest that I came across, the oldest pūrāko about the origins of the blood talk about, it was recorded by Nepia Pōhuhu, a tohunga from the East Coast, and he talked about how the blood the blood comes from Papatuanuku, which makes total sense. The blood comes from Papatuanuku as she ripened into her power as a creatress within the womb of the poor, te poor tifa tifa, the seventh cycle of the poor. Um, so the blood we bleed today is the same blood that birthed the pantheon, that that, that allowed for the birth of the pantheon of Atua, <laughs> which is incredible. Isn't that incredible? Wow. The blood we bleed today is the same blood that birthed the pantheon of Atua into being. So when that blood arrived for her, it meant, of course, that she could conceive her tamariki, the Atua. Um, and according to that, that particular pūrāko, Tane discovered the world of light, Tao Marama, by riding out on the tide of his mother's blood, out of the poor into Tao Marama. And so these these names, Atua, Awatua, Rerenga Atua, come from that Pūrāko. And Atua, a male Atua, which is very interesting, is riding out on the tide. That's why when we bleed, where we're in an intense state of tapu because wahine are the gate between worlds. We are the threshold between te ao marama and te ao wairua and when we bleed, that that gate, that door is open and the, and the river, the, the divine river flows through. Yeah. Cool. So... Yeah, that that was one that that was the oldest of the pūrāko, and a continuation of that pūrāko is that Hinauhuone, the first human, a woman was sculpted from that matrilineal river of power of, of her mother. Yeah, it wasn't wound blood that sculpted Hinauhuone. It was it wasn't wound blood. It was womb blood because. Ikura blood, tawa atua, menstrual blood is the only blood that is not wound blood. It's regenerative life blood. So whilst, yes, it is a mate because it represents the death of an ancestor returning to the womb of the earth, it's also the blood of life and, and the blood that represents the mystery of renewal and continuation and that mystery belongs to us. So those are the seasons of the womb, the seasons of the moon, Hinatewewa, she's waxing and waning in the sky, and the seasons of the earth, you know. Aye. It's beautiful. I mean, you when you bring up talking about, you know, the mate of the ikura, that was, and you talk about that in um, in your work in Tawa how that was how that was interpreted, the tapu of the blood was interpreted as as a bad thing, right, and, and therefore something kind of played into that um, missionary colonial narrative of like this is yeah. dirty and tapu way, but Yeah, they really corrupted. They corrupted our sacred teachings because of their own Victorian Christian patriarchal lens. They 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 they've demonized the power of Wahine. Um, and what they missed was that yes, it is death, but it is also life, and it and it is also the mystery of renewal. And those are the cosmogonic milestones of creation. Hey, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> it's not just death; it's life. <laughs> it's renewal. It's continuation. The fare tangata wahine. We represent the future. We represent uri. We're the house of whakapapa. So we, we kaitiaki the Modi of the people through the whare tangata. So how on 
earth <laughs> could that blood be paru? Right. Because the, the blood is the Take ceremony him. of renewal of the womb herself, the temple of humanity. That's the process. That's the ritual cycle she goes through every month to renew herself so she can continue the fuck up up a line. So what we we have to do as as wahine is bring our awareness to that and ritualize the blood for ourselves. What does that mean? It means actually resting and saying no, you know, and and prioritizing self care and self nurturance. So my kuiya Rangi Maria Pere, she talked to me about, you know, because these tikanga around the blood, around the when we bled, we didn't do this, we didn't do that. Now that's been that's been interpreted as 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 restrictions and prohibitions on mm. on on bleeding women because they're tapu and the and the kind of the the. Um, Underpinning that is the belief that somehow we're we're dirty, defiling, dangerous, to uh, going to pollute tapu and all this kind of I mean, nonsensical. We are dangerous, though, eh? Rubbish. <laughs> yeah, which we are. Oh. Hey. <laughs> which we are. But but the 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 it's it's all in the interpretation, eh? So. It's it's it, yeah. There there are certain things that that we didn't do, but but underpinning it is is yeah. We placed boundaries around ourselves and determined for ourselves what we would and would not do when we're in our ceremony of renewal, because we prioritise taking care of ourselves, and with the support of our Fano. You know, in honour of of the house that represents Whakapapa, the Whare Tangata. So to to nurture and honour the Whare Tangata and Wahine is to is to if you uplift Wahine, you uplift the people. Kapai. You liberate the people. If you oppress Wahine, there's no tenoranga tiratanga for us. While Wahine continue to be relegated to an inferior status. Pono. Kapai. Honestly, I love this quota so much that I feel like I'm high on drugs. <laughs> But then my brain takes me back to, okay, in this aisle that we do live in, you know, I, I just live in a whare in a suburb and I get my ikara and I still am expected to go to school and I still am expected to go to my job. And my boyfriend is very nice to me during that time, but I don't think anyone in our lives would understand <laughs> if I went, safety. I'm not doing anything this week. Um, I guess my question is, and I suppose on this podcast we often go uh, back to a lot that solutions start with our um, tamariki. So I guess we start with our tamahine and our kohine when they're starting their ikura. And the boys. Aye, exactly. So what is it that parents need to be starting now while their tamariki are still pepe in order to make sure that those tamahine, when they get to that, that start time of their ikura are supported by their whānau. Yeah, kuarite, eh? Oi. Well, for for our whānau, it started when um, my two, my daughter and my son were both toddlers coming into the wharepaku, you know, busting through the door <laughs> when I'm in the wharepaku, seeing the blood, asking me, hea mama, and me talking to them about mm. that sacred blood okay. that represents whakapapa. This is the taonga of wahine. The teachings start as soon as possible. The the teachings start when they're you know, when they're toddlers and see the blood and, and um and then they grow up with them and, and for and for the and for our for our court all, it's one day you're gonna get this sacred river and when when this river arrives we're gonna celebrate you because it means that you can continue on our whānau fuck up up a line. And for the boys, it's the same. You know, you you might have a partner who bleeds the sacred blood and these are your responsibilities when when she's bleeding. <laughs> you know, because the thing is, it's not about taking a week off work or anything like that. When the blood arrives, give yourself, maybe you give yourself a day, maybe you give yourself moments in that day just to bring your awareness to the sacredness of that blood and what you can release on the flow. 
we have to, we take our, we're, we're on this intergenerational journey of recovery. We're, we're reclaiming and recovering ancestral wisdoms and knowledges that will heal and empower us and put our, us back together again as a people. And those teachings have to make sense for us today, right. you know. Okay. And they've got to be intuitively, they've got to be intuitively um, conducted and embrace today. So what is that? You know, it's got to make sense. If it doesn't make sense, then <laughs> what's the, you know, what's the point? Aye. Yeah. And so that's how we start to, we, we start to evolve our culture because culture is fluid. It's like water. Tikang is like water. It's got to flow. It's got to feed us. It's got to make sense. It's got to be a, an alignment with the times Otherwise, it becomes something that doesn't liberate us and doesn't help us make sense of our world and our lives. It becomes, it strangles us. It's got to, it's got to make sense for us. And so we, we, you know, we've got to trust our own intuitive wisdom with carrying our ways forward. Tikanga changes, but the values that underpin them never do, eh? Kaitiakitanga, Pono, Aroha, Manamotuhake. Fanongatanga, the interconnectedness of all things, all of those things, uh, you know, are the values that underpin our practices, you know. I, there will be a lot of people out there who m- maybe want to connect with their whare tangata, heal their relationship with it, have been brought up, resenting it, thinking, oh, God, this inconvenience that comes every month. What is some of your corridor for them to begin that process of, of honouring the ikura? I think the first thing that we, I think I think what we are really coming to in our generation is the importance of bringing our awareness to kurawaka, to the ancestral landscape of our own bodies, to the sacred landscape of our own reproductive bodies. Because kurawaka, our reproductive bodies, is stolen land. It's abandoned land. Oosh. It's land that we are disconnected from through the raupatu, through the use of sexual violation as a colonial weapon to annihilate our people. Um, so we know that the whare tangata, kurawaka houses intergenerational trauma, ancestral mamai, a lot of grief, a lot of mamai, a lot of fear, um, but also the the deepest wisdom, <laughs> you know. And so I think um, we have to begin to bring our awareness to our own tara, mm. to the tara, the birth canal, the cervix, the whare tangata. Even if she's been removed, even if the whare tangata has been removed, her sacred energetic imprint remains in the body, you know, the ovaries. We we use breath and our awareness and touch to come back to our own, to kurawaka, to our own reproductive bodies to check in with what we house there. I was so shocked when I did it for the first time to find that what I held there was fear. Yeah. And so we move really gently and slowly and incredibly compassionately with ourselves because because it's it's our stuff that we find our deepest stuff that we've buried but also because the whare tangata is the house of whakapapa there's there's a whole lot of um, ancestral stuff that we're dealing with and also he wahine he whenua. Mm. So when we begin to connect and clear that um, sacred land, we're also connecting in with Papatuanuku and clearing land as well, you know. <laughs> so it's deep work. It's ancestral work um, and it's work we come to, <clears throat> like I said, with compassion for ourselves and our people and, and we come gently you know? Yeah, so you just begin there, begin with the awareness 
you know, and and take that journey, and and that journey that's a it's a lifetime journey, and and we move beyond fear. We begin to trust ourselves really deeply, and we are led to an incredible well of intuitive ancestral wisdom and revelation. Because I mean every word when I say that Kurawaka, the landscape of our own reproductive bodies, is land that that the Atua, it's the it's the territory of the Atua Wahine and their wisdom resides there and we can connect with it directly. Yeah. Hine teiwa, mahuika, papatuanuku, hine ahuone, hine tama, hine nui te po, the marei kura. They are all the kaitiaki of kurawaka of our own ancestral reproductive bodies, yeah. And there's there's no need for guilt or shame or any of that. There's there's no need for any of that. You know what I mean? Mm. But it's, yeah, it's beautiful quick. to hear your corridor, but it is a process, I mean. Yeah. Um, because even just sitting with yourself and, and doing a mahitu ngā atua, Wahine and remembering that you are descended from that is is really intense. I tried it the other day and it was an incredibly um oh, I mean it was incredibly powerful our way to experience. But you know, that was a little baby step. That was me like dipping my toe in after hearing your kōrero at Kupu, after reading your book. Um and so you're saying, you know, start there, start with just making those those connections, that mihi, that first mihi. Yeah, and step by step, step by step, you just take the journey and let it flow. Just step by step, awareness, breath, touch, um, self-nurturing, um, creating sacred, ritualise the process, create a sacred space for yourself to connect in with yourself really deeply. Make it a ceremony. Trust your own intuition and instincts in, in terms of how you go about doing that. Go and sit directly on the whenua, under hina, the moon. <laughs> you know, light a ritual fire. Oh, are we? Is that us? Is that us after this? Are we going to light a fire? <laughs> fire at my fire. No, my fire. <laughs> I've interviewed you so many times as well, and every single time there's new corridor that comes out and there's new wānanga that I need to have with myself. But it's not It's not so much a part, I guess, it's a part of a discussion that a couple of weeks ago I was gifted um, a midi-midi, and this particular midi-midi was... Uh, specific to the puku and to the kōpū. And it was the first time I'd ever had my kōpū midied. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was very interesting. Um, and the wahine who was doing the midi said to me, oh, your kōpū, your whare tangata is, um, has moved to the right of your tinana. And I was like, well, hang on, it moves? Can she do that? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> and just as you're talking, Ahui, about reconnecting with our tinana, about having wānanga with our atua, and you're talking about um, touch, this kaimiri said to me, you can midi your kōpū yourself. <laughs> you, you know, you That's can right. do this. Yeah. Um, bring your hands here, put them here, That's do right. this, push here, and then deeply press your fingers um, across your tinana, and you may even be able to feel it. And it was really um, eye-opening. Right. And uh, I don't want to say, it wasn't uncomfortable, but it was sort of, it was really rereke, tino rereke, oh. like really different because I'd never, I've had a romiromi before where I've had like a, a, a rako <laughs> oh, <laughs> pushed into mm. my puku. But this was like a mirimiri of aroha. It was a mirimiri yeah. of, of, you know, wānanga. And, and I guess, yeah, it's not so much a pātai to you, Ngahuya, but really I, it's a mihi to you because over the last few years that I've known you and have had the privilege to wānanga with you and kōrero with you, my relationship with my whare tangata has changed. My relationship with my kōtiro, with my mama, with my nieces has changed. The way that I see and talk about ikura has changed. And really that's a credit to you, Ehoa, because of the openness of mā tauranga that you've been able to share, the, the rangahau that you've done 
and then gifted to us right. um, is incredible. Tino hoho nutira rangahau. And, you know, I, I remember the week that we lost our baby was the week that I came to you, to your whare. And I always think, you know, that it was all meant to be. Aye. That particular um, week was all meant to be because by the end of that week, my whole relationship with my kōpū, whai muri tērā, you know, mm. matingao taku pēpi, completely mm. changed because my eyes were open to the kōrero, to the hohonu tanga, to the tapu tanga, to the, you know, all of this amazingness that's connected to our our awa atua, so you know, aroha mai, harati pātai, but but he wānanga e pāna ki tō kōrero, um, te hohonutanga o tō kōrero, me te kōrero e pāna ki te pā, ki te touch, ne? Mm-hmm. like touching, yeah. being connected to your tinana, and, and um, not being shy. Oh. Yeah, don't be shy. Our, our, our tipuna weren't shy. Oh. <laughs> they, they celebrated... They were so incredibly celebratory about their own sexuality, their own sensuality as a symbol of the of the of the vivacity and joy and beauty Aye. of life, man. So let's recover that midi midi. You know, using touch to connect in with the whare tangata, with the ovaries that, that house the, the mahuika, the spark of life, the kaitiaki of fire, and, the, and the, the tara. Because the tara is the gate between worlds. She mm. holds everything. Every ancestor that goes through her door, every child born leaves leaves a mark there, you know, and... Um, what what can we learn about ourselves when we um, when we use touch to reconnect with the sacred gate between worlds? What does she hold there? Atenakwe. These are the ritual arts that belong to woman, eh? Wahine. These are the kinds of um, kōrero and mātauranga that that is the whare wānanga of kurawaka that belongs to us. Yeah. Tēnā koe, marae kura. I always wish we had more time. Um, he taonga tō kōrero. Ai. Ai, he taonga. Um, and nō mātou te honoru ki te whakarongo, ki te whiako a wairua hoki uh, tō kupu, tō mātauranga i tuku iho, nā tō tipuna e mihi atu ki a koe, ki a, uh, ki a rātou hoki. Tēnā koe, tēnā, tēnā koutou, mahi ana ki a koutou, a ki a tātou, kia ora. Kia ora. Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has the lowdown on everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market, the opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. Join some of the superstars of the investment and business world as they share advice from their time in the US so you can make your mahi count in this massive market. The Investment Fix Podcast, brought to you by Invest New Zealand. Tune in today. No mai hoki mai, we are now joined by Ataria Rangipikitea Shaman of Tapuika and Ngāpui. She's a writer, editor, author and researcher whose work seeks to bring forth the mana of wahine. She's the editor of Awa Wahine, an online and print publication featuring writing from Indigenous Wahine of the Mutu and the author of Hine and the Tohunga Portal. And her master's thesis, just to add to the many, many taonga she's brought into this world, focused on mātauranga of Atua Wahine. Ni Māori. Tēnā koe e mārei kura, no mai hara mai. Tēnā Kia So, why did you set out to to focus your rangahau on um, ngā atua wāhine and mana wāhine? Yeah, it was actually came from a place of just not knowing anything myself. <laughs> Me, yeah. Like, yeah, growing up I remember um, find, like reading some of the atua, puk, like pukapuka atua that we had, uh, that I had at home or at school, and they mostly, I think maybe exclusively, only had um, narratives pertaining to Atuatane. Mm. <clears throat> and so for me growing up, 
from a younger age, it always just felt like something was missing for me mm-hmm. in terms of that kōrero, and I wasn't learning it from anywhere um, at that stage. But now there's, I'm so grateful there's so much more out there. But when I was like a, uh, a kōtero Māori, when I was a teenager, um, there just wasn't anything. So for me, um, as I went to do my master's and had no idea what I wanted to do it on, but I know I really wanted to do my master's, um, that when that, that kaupapa just kind of came up as something that I guess I really yearned to learn more about and writing a thesis on it seemed like a good way to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so often eh, it's, the, it's the hiding. It's like, oh, I don't know this about Tao Māori. I'm going to find out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was, was there a particular pūrako that you'd never heard before and through your rangahau, you know, and you heard that pūrako for the first time and you were like, wow, like that really, it really changed your ao. Mm. Um, so for me, the atua wahine that I really loved learning more about was hina te iwa iwa. And hina te iwa iwa is surprisingly one that there's actually less about. Mm. So obviously we've got papatonuku, we've got hina te pō, and, and I think a lot of people know hina ahuone and um, hina te tama to te pō with the tāne, um, pūrāko there. But um, yeah, hina te iwa iwa was one that I really felt like, oh, I just feel like I know nothing. Um, and there is a pūrāko which... I'm pretty sure is in um, Dr. Aroha Yates' thesis, but also Ani Mikaire's master's thesis. And it is a pūrāko around Hina Te Iwa Iwa. Um, her partner, Tiniro's whale tutunui, is taken by the sorcerer, uh, but, sorry, not a sorcerer, I'm thinking of Hina in the Tōhunga Um <laughs> It's taken by Tōhunga Kai, and, um, and the woman, Hina Te Iwa Iwa, and some of the other women are the ones who actually go and avenge uh, the taking of tutunui. Um, and so for me, that pūrāko has really stuck with me and uh, there were other things Hina Te Iwa Iwa did, like some karakia around, uh, well, actually one of the pūrāko was Hina Te Iwa Iwa doing karakia during her, her the birth of her child, mm-hmm. which um, for me, um, it, you know, having wahine doing karakia, like it was like, oh, that's in pūrāko right back. So, of mm. course, as wahine Māori, we have... Um, the you know, and she even made up that karakia too. So here we have someone who's actually writing karakia, um, reciting karakia for the birth of her child. So yeah, I think for me, uh, big fan. Hina te iwa iwa. Yeah. yeah, I actually learned about her this year. Exactly. This and is I what like, I mean. What? Why do we yeah. not know about her? She's yeah. atu of um, raranga mm. as well as childbirth. Yeah, yeah. Whareporo. Yeah. yeah. Is that revenge pūrako? The one where the group of women go over and they have to find a rangatira with a certain type of smile. Yes, and they do. The, and they do a performance with yes, their vulvas and they make to try and find. <laughs> to make everyone <laughs> wow laugh. Yes, to, yeah. So that they the can one. find the person, the rangatira that has that smile, and that's the person that they're looking for for their utu. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Love yes. that story. The yes. first time I got told it, I was ever so slightly haurangi, so I could never oh. repeat it because I didn't remember all the details. Yeah, no, even for me. Except yeah. this beautiful image of these women doing like a performance mm. with their vulvas to like really get the crowd like rocked up. Yeah. Yep. And then be like, we're coming after you, motherfucker, when they like <laughs> saw the right guy laugh. <laughs> Epic. That is so how I'm going to find people. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to practice my vulva cutting, cutting. Yes. Spectacular. Oh, me yeah. oh, Wow. That's awesome. So I'm still really hung up on like vulva cutting, cutting. Like, what does that look like? You can be on my rope if you want. Get yeah. <laughs> Were these the They're rituals that um, Ngahu was talking about? Is there something to explore? Ngahu already It's definitely what she was talking about in terms of that completely being in touch with, like, mm. your tīnana, you know, mm. nothing was off limits and it was joyous, you know. Yeah. There's nothing, I'm not going to say there's nothing weird about that because then at the time if it was making people laugh, then obviously it was a little bit kairunga. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but nothing shameful done. about that. No. Nothing shameful, no. yeah. Just crack up. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And that's, like, brings me on to a point, you know, you talked about how before um, you did this research, you, you didn't know a lot of these pūrāko how do you feel like your own relationship to yourself um, as a wahine changed through through doing this rangahau? 
Yeah, I mean, it really, <clears throat> like how I talked about how I kind of felt like something was missing. I think for me, um, spending a year reading and being able to um, talk to other wahine Māori about their own relationship with the ato wahine was like super important for me. As a wahine Māori, I feel so much <clears throat> more confident and um, like grounded in myself. I guess I feel like toe, it's like... Yeah, it's just really important, and that's why I talk about in my thesis around um, one of the queer I talked to, Hene Wirangi, um, she, you know, clearly said that this is our birthright, that we have absolute, you know, as someone who uh, has whakapapa Māori, it is my birthright, it is my right to know this knowledge, and that's why it's really important we get it out there because every wahine Māori who desires to know more, to, to really truly understand and have and know the puraka of our atua wahine, they, that is their right. Mm. Oh, total cool. Now, they, a lot of those um, puraka that Mataranga um, changes from iwi to iwi and hapu mm. to hapu. And so, did you just focus on sort of your tupuna, your kōrero to kuiho, or were you sort of looking to a lot of different um, kuia and um, kaimatua for your? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, no, I was looking to different, mm. um, different rohe, but one of the areas that, um, in my research that I identified for further research and Hanewerangi also brought this up was that it would be really great to have someone go to the specific iwi hapu and really delve into the differences in the Puraka or even the fact that there are different atua hine like, um, Hinepu Kohurangi is obviously, I think, is one that's very much specific to Tuhoi mm. and, and Iwi and that, and that rohe. So um, that is something that needs um, more research about. But for my master's thesis, it was more like a compiling of everything we still know everywhere and talking to wahine Māori from, from different um, different um, areas of the motu. Wow. And That's so did nice. you go from the tippy top? Did you go from Ngāti Kahu down to um, Te Waipaunamu? Or taco, well, actually. Rekohu. Rekohu, I was like, better get that right. I'm going to get in trouble. Yeah, so with, um, in terms of the, like, scope of the thesis, uh, how many, I spoke to 10 wahine, and they were from, so there is some from Kaitahu, I think, Tuhoi, um, and, uh, yeah, different iwi. But it wasn't specifically, like, that I was... Um, having to go to every just with the within the scope it was more like um as the way the interviewees came along it was more like I felt like maybe just being guided by the wider in terms of who I would talk to for mm. this kopapa um because it's kind of more qualitative than like a quantitative study I wouldn't say this is the definitive there are X um, number of puraco connected yeah, to it's X not X the definitive yeah. it's not it's just um my kind of compilation at that time with the wahine that I spoke to in, in that scope. Okay. I have a part I, mm. about the number of atua wahine. Did you, do you have a number of atua wahine that you research? Because I know, and um, even just thinking about, you know, whai hine wirangi, she talks a lot about hine pū te hue and a lot of the atua that are connected to the different taonga pūoro. Mm-hmm. Did you sort of have a, I'm going to find 20, I'm going to find 100 how many did you sort of focus on through your study? Yeah, so no, I didn't have a specific number. And um, the ones that I focused on were actually the ones that I could find enough in the literature to be able to write to. Um, so it is the in terms of the Atawahine that I have, um, you know, talked about in this thesis, it is more the ones that there is actually a body of literature on them, which just made it easier for me in terms of um, being able to to bring it all together. So uh, I haven't, and that's another really great research, kaupapa for someone, is, you know, um, researching all these atawahine that we just don't know as much about and really, you know, uncovering their kōrero. But there's probably heaps. So um, I think, yeah, we've got so much more room to to be able to yeah. uh, get going into this. And we go in 2022, there are still, I saw this video on Instagram the other day, this guy, he's not from Aotearoa, but he makes like little TikToks about um, like indigenous um, kōrero and pūrāko. And he did this thing about how, about the Māori creation story oh, and how there were him. 70 gods oh. and they were hmm. all men. Oh, oh like, really? Bro! <laughs> that was gross. Just, Mine was a someone, <laughs> hey, just ask a question. 
But even though he wasn't from Aotearoa, I actually still think that there are probably Pākehā and Taiwiwi in Aotearoa don't haven't really looked into it that much, who mm. who also think that. It's kind of mm. like the we got here by accident thing mm. that someone yeah. just said it once and everyone believed it forever and ever. Yeah. Mm. But there's still quite a patriarchal view on the sharing of stories associated with our atua. Mm. You know, we talk all about tangaroa, tangaroa this, tangaroa that, tangaroa, tangaroa, tangaroa. And it was actually Hine, um, Fire Hinewirangi mm. who taught me that well, the atua of the moana is hene moana, Aye. and she needs three husbands to look after her because that's how, not how high maintenance but she that, is, but, so awesome. but that's just how amazing she is. And Tangaroa is only but one mm. of her husbands. And I think we, yeah. there's just that um, patriarchal lens that's come across into te ao Māori that even some of our own pūrako that we share amongst ourselves are very dominated by yeah. male atua. So glad you brought mm. up Tangaroa because... Mm. I'm guilty of that too. Like it's like actually no fakatikato fakaro hinemwana. Hey, but you find yourself like mehi to kite tangaroa, and you're like eh, Carl, no hinemwana. Hey, but it's it's um they're they're quite embedded in us now. Yeah. Eh? Like those those the the patriarch patriarchalization. That's a new word I just made up. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> Do you find working in this space, but in academia? that you still have to go back to sources like Alison Best in order to, like, as a starting mm. place? Or mm. in this day and age, can you just, like, put them to one side and only go to Māori sources? So for this research, I did um, go go to that place, but it was actually more to kind of work out, like, what like what's happened, like how have we got to some of the... history of the recording. Yeah, Yeah. how have we got to some of... So I think today, no, I would say you probably don't, but, you know, one of the things that I talk about in my thesis in this research was that we can connect to, well, I believe we can connect to Atua for ourselves. And so sometimes we... You know, we don't need to always be researching other people's corridor. Like maybe it can just be like... What do I think about? Mm. Because as, if we have Whakapapa Māori, um, I, I think that we have the right to have a direct relationship, whatever that looks like for us, and to also like come up with our own understandings of what the Atua Māori are to us as well. Yeah, oh, and right. just having your own connection. It doesn't necessarily need to be right or wrong. No, eh? exactly. There's no right way to have a connection to Papatua Nuku mm. or to Mahueka. Is there a particular atua that you find yourself, um, you know, tukua mihi to, and, and why? Why are you mm. drawn to that atua, do you think? Yeah, so that was actually another thing that came up when talking to the wahine Māori, and they were of all, you know, different ages, is that for some of them, they had a clear connection to specific atua that was, I mean, they'd probably be connected to all, but they knew for themselves that it was maybe it was someone who said something to them when they were a kid about them, you know, being like Tafuri Matia or or else, or they were they were a Tonga port or player. So for them, it, you know, it was like Hineputia Hue had come through. So I think that was something that was really interesting to kind of see that. But for me, I, I know it very clearly. Hineputia, I think with the weaving, I'm a writer, and I think writing is a form of weaving mm. um, of fakaro. So Hineputia, um, and also Hineputia Poor. Um, and it's yeah, I, my I guess my relationship with Hinenu Te Po I have explored less, but I do feel strongly that some of the co-papa sometimes I have to do things that are like scary, and for me Hinenu Te Po kind of gives me the that strength to like push through that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for me those are the two atua, but I love them all. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, beautiful. I do. I, I feel the same. I mean, it's not something I've explored deeply, but Hinenui Te Po, and I think part of that is there's a kōrero on my Fano, my Fano from Mangamonu, um, Ngati Kuri Ongaitahu, um, that uh, Pi Waka Ao Kaitiaki, Manu Kaitiaki, and I feel in my poku, I don't know in my head, but mm. it doesn't matter. Hey, mm. um, that there is a honunga there, mm. and I'm always I feel empowered by the fact that she crushed Maui between her thighs, mm. and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the mana of why he's because he was such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Love Kenny's beef with Marwin. He, he didn't look after his queen, did he? Like, <laughs> his hotel is 
still not like Nanaki is not even the appropriate word of how shitty <laughs> he was to everyone. That he, you know, he was an asshole to Tera. He was horrible <laughs> to his nan. I, I stealing Mahuka's fire and just wasting it just for funsies. Just like what just egg. rude. Momo Kangwa Maui. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come for us, Nahudi or Maui. Yes. Opinion. <laughs> hey, I was just, uh, I'm not quite qualified to talk about this, but it does interest me when we talk about gendering Atua. Mm. And we talk Aye. about atua wahine and atua tane. Mm. And I, it recently came to mind when we were talking about ngā whetu or matariki and certain whetu a wahine and certain whetu a tane. And I was like, well, how do we know? Mm. Like, how do we actually know? Can we see a tara there? Can Aye. we see a ure there? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, how do we know? And so I wondered mm. whether that came up in conversation through your research mm. around the gendering of our, of our atua and if mm. there are atua that identified mm. as ia mm. or whether there are puraco that identify atua mm. as non-gendered mm. or as um, flowing between genders. Mm. So this um, was a couple of years ago and so during, you know, in the quarter of the wahine actually that didn't come up but I think I've been thinking on it like since then and I was actually having quarter with someone recently and we were asking ourselves that question like are there atua that were, you know, non-binary or non-gendered um, I guess maybe like te kore is the nothingness before and there's no gender. I mean, I don't know. I probably, I feel not qualified as well, like to quote it on that. But um, I think that, well, Hannah Te Iwe is an example. Just from the pudako, you know she's a wahine because she gives birth, she does karakia. So I think that from some of the pudako you can pertain. But in terms of the fetu, uh, I don't know um, if there are pudako around that would identify mm. them. So um, I don't think of mm. Iwa Matua Kore as having agenda. Mm. I imagine most people go, it's a man. But <laughs> no, in, uh, OG, in OG, my OG, mind, yeah. like the, the creator of our universe, I have never thought about them as being gendered. They're the so, creator of everything. They don't need reproductive parts. They. I feel really influenced energy. by the Christian patriarchal view of a male Aye, God, yeah. yeah. And so oh, when I think I'm of sure your matua kore, my mind just automatically goes to a male because yeah. I've almost been indoctrinated by that um, subconsciously oh, listening to it over the over the years. But interestingly, mm. I was having a conversation with somebody in our akumanga actually, who asked, you know, who was the atua of. Uh, why Maori? And so we're talking mm. about Maru, and then they said, "Well, is Maru a wahine wa tani?" And I was like, "Well, I don't know. Like, <laughs> doesn't Maru, matter. Maru's the art of why Maori." In my mind, because we're talking about the karakia for the kai, yeah. And, and so that was really interesting mm. because while I have a fakaro, well. Not necessarily my fakaro. I have an assumed fakaro about Eo, yeah. <laughs> Eo's gender. I have zero fakaro about Maru, and yeah. just Maru mm. is Maru. Yeah, he's in karakia. Oh my god! See, there we go. There we go. Hey. <laughs> they are in karakia, eh? But similar to you, I'm like Maru. Kawaii. <laughs> one of the I was um, reading earlier about um, so Rangi Marie Rose Pere, who um, Ngahui was talking earlier about and, and there's a quoted or intel atua Ngahui is puka puka about how where um Rangi Marie says everything has a taha wahine a taha ma um, tane. And so how is it that we've ended up sort of picking a taha for our atua? And and they um they precede us as humans, eh? So why are we gendering them? But I love that quoted or particularly as where there's more of a you know, we are returning back to our mātauranga about takatāpui tanga. Mm. And it's like, actually, within all of us, within mm. everything, is tahatāne, tahawāhine. I just think that kōrero is really beautiful. Um, also have kore mātauranga to offer on this, but <laughs> tēnā. <laughs> I was going to say that I, I agree that we have taha, we have tahawāhine, tahatāne within us, um, and that the in terms of like this is more just because for me that side was missing. I felt like that mm. I didn't have that connection mm. to my feminine side, the like hine side, I guess. I think Dr. Aroha Yates called it um, the hine element or the feminine. Aye. And so that was why it's really important, but it doesn't mean it's more important. 
um, the if you know oh, what I mean. Yeah. But it's hard. Yeah. So we don't have to translate them into the English of mm. man and woman yes, and masculine right. and feminine. Yeah. You know, yeah. they are, they have their own rangatira tanga in mm. Fakaro Māori as taha Māori mm. in their own right. You know, mm. and we just translate them, but they they don't mean that yeah. in Māori. It's not wahine woman. And exactly. woman in that like yeah, Pākehā right. sense, you know, they're yeah, just a, right. a balance of energies. Yeah, yeah. Mm. but it's a tricky hiding eh? because at the same time we're trying to reclaim this matauranga old. We're and we're trying to reclaim so much at once, eh? and mm. you know this is this rangahau he taonga, but it's just one piece of rangahau. Eh? Mm. You can't answer everything on your own, and so <laughs> you know, kapai <laughs> and <me>. <laughs> but <laughs> such a valuable contribution. Oh. Eh? it's a beautiful puzzle piece mm. that people need. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's key as well, like, because sometimes I think people feel like they can't call it all about even atua because it's like they're not qualified or, mm. but if it's just, this is just my little piece of the puzzle and I invite everyone else who ha- who has their own perspectives on the kaupapa to contribute their piece of the puzzle, then we're just going to have, s- we're going to together have oh. so much more. So it doesn't need to be like, you're the only person who... Right on it, or yeah. Nga tōrodo, nga pākūrodo. What would be your advice for, and I know, you know, you are through, but, you know, hene. Um, yeah, hene and the tōngaporo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> tō puka puka is really about, it's an extension of your work here to whakamana, kōtero, wahine Māori. What do you hope that, you can, what's your hopes for the next reanga, for how they grow up in their manawahinetanga? Yeah, well, I mean, I hope that for them it's not a big deal and that Mm. it's just a part of their everyday lives and if they're in the forest, they'll be like, oh, papatunaku, and if they're at the ocean, they'll be like, hene moana and tangaroa, but not one or the other. And I I hope that what, for us, what has been more one-sided will just not be, and it's not even a thing, it's just like, encompassing of all the atua, and that just feels really beautiful. Kapai, well, unfortunately, we could wa nanga nanga kōrerōrero about this itera katoa mo te wiki katoa, but we have to leave it there for now, e ma. Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to give a big mihi, as always, to our podcast manager, Te Aihe Butler. You make us sound mean even when we are kōrerōrero tu meke. <laughs> Oia no. Um, Check us out on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're at it, check out Nuku Me Tokuril, the podcast of Kiani Matata Sipu. So much beautiful Matauranga in there. Listen to the episode in particular with Ngahuya Murphy, He Taonga Tera. Head to the bookshop and pick yourself up a copy of Tewa Atua, Ngahuya's book, uh, one of her many books, and Hine and the Tohunga Portal. Um, I Kapai Hua Ma will see you. Oh, well, you'll hear from us in two weeks' time. Kakite. Nair is public interest journalism funded through New Zealand On Air and brought to you by the Spin Off Podcast Network. It was hosted and researched by Mariana Johnson with Leonie Hayden and Kiane Matata Sipu. Nair was produced by Teaihe Butler with senior production from Jane Yee and project management from Mark Kelleher. Kia ora e te iwi, Teaihe Butler here, podcast manager at the Spin Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a spin-off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.